Welcome to the Rock. So I can receive payments. So I'm hooking up my bank account to it right now. Oh, nice. Are you going to do the medium, the medium thing? Uh, I'm going to hook it up and I'll see. Um, I, if I do, I, I might try writing some posts, not about the baby stuff, but just different posts and charge for those just to see how it, it would, how this works. Yeah. That's such a weird, is it micro payments? Um, I don't know how this works. I think you get paid by the amount of like claps and stuff that you get. And the amount of claps is like, I think, so for you, for example, there's an allotment of claps that you have, I think, and they kind of look at the ratio of claps that you're giving out. And depending on how, if, you know, if, if you're giving me a lot of claps, but you normally don't give me claps or don't give claps at all, um, those are weighted heavier, I think. And I get a, bigger percentage of money. I'm not sure how they do it. If they do it by clap or they, I, I, I don't know, or it's a distribution of like how much of your monthly allotment of money you're allowed to give and they have a certain allotment per person. I'm, I'm not sure. Hmm. I wonder if it's like, um, remember that website flatter? Uh, no. So flatter was popular probably in 2010, 11. And the, uh, so a lot of people would put flatter buttons on their blogs. And mm. the idea was that flatter would get, you would donate, I think. So it was all based on donations. So you would just donate lump sum amounts to flatter. So let's say in a given month, they got $100,000 in donations worldwide based on the number of people who clicked on the flatter icon per blog post, they would pay out proportionally. So if I got 500 flatter likes and you got five, I would make 10 times more money um, mm -hmm. or a hundred, sorry, a hundred times more money than you. Or I can't remember. They had some like pretty complicated math that went into how people got paid, but it was mm -hmm. a very like socialistic kind of, uh, sorry, uh, I don't know if, uh, not socialistic, well, maybe socialistic, but kind of utopian, you know, where we would all donate 1% of our income to like the arts and they, they would kind of be the, the bank of the arts. And then based on a meritocracy system, they would allot money for good art. So the better the art, the better the compensation. That was their whole mission. I don't okay. feel like I can't, I feel like I saw the, like an icon not too long ago. I don't know if they're defunct or, um, I don't think it was a proper company. I feel like it was a side project or, a you know, like a little, open source project or something like that. But, mm. um, cause mediums probably only getting this revenue from people like me who pay for medium, right? Yeah. It's yeah. So it's only people who pay. What do you, so I, I think like if you're paying like $5 a month or something, I guess they just distribute that $5 amongst the collapses stuff that you get or a percentage of that. And they obviously take skim off that top. Right. But I wonder, yeah. Okay. What's your thought on, cause one of the things I've been getting pitched by them on is to write exclusively for medium members. Have you thought about that? Um, yeah. So this is what this is really. Um, so you can write for everybody or you can write exclusively for medium people and they would, uh, members and they would pay. Oh, but see, they haven't said anything about paying for me. They just said, Hey, like on your next post, you should just publish it to members. 
Uh, oh, I don't know. On the top of my post, they just have an option now that basically says, um, well, hook up your account and then you can post this to everybody or only to members. So I have that too, but it doesn't say anything about getting paid. Uh, I, I, wonder okay, so, I wonder if it's because so you're, okay, so like you're more consistent. If you go to a draft, on, on the, on, when you uh, are writing a draft at the top, that say your audience and it has this drop down, it says all of medium or um, after I start writing or medium members. I will tell you. Ooh, three claps. Thank you. Thank you, Will Prado, Anton D, and Chad McGee for those claps. Appreciate that. That could be a whole podcast, just calling out all your claps for the week. My, my, uh, the pod would go by real fast for me. Me too. <laughs> oh, okay, weird. No, so it says I have to, oh, after I start writing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man, they, they're crafty. They, wait. Why can't I see? Oh, let me go to one of my drafts. Oh, I have this awesome drafts about ghosts that I want to write. I want to finally put push public on. Let's do it. But no, I'm I'm too scared for this one, and I'm scared for a very un uh, like an irrational reason. Oh, mm. uh, here we go. I've been meaning to write this one for a while. Okay. Yeah, medium members. Oh, okay. When you join the medium partner program, you'll have the option to publish members-only stories. Oh, and earn payments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, but it's interesting. It, it's kind of weird because I follow a couple people and on Medium, and all they do now is they just post really short two-minute articles mm. and they're going for like that straight volume approach um yeah and they're good writers and it's kind of it's, and like i enjoy reading their stuff but sometimes i'm like it just feels too grabby like who who's going to be inspired to write really interesting content constantly but maybe i don't know like i still read their stuff so maybe i'm not into really heavy long format stuff either i, I don't know I don't know either. Like I, I find medium fascinating. I look at some people and I'm wondering if they're, if this is their full-time gig, if they're, uh, you know, cause there's a couple of people I follow that just consistently every day just publish seven to eight yeah. minute articles. So yeah, clearly though, they've, they've done what you're kind of doing or what a lot of people should do which is build a bench you know go into a hole for a while get 30 days worth of content and then you've now bought yourself 30 days and then you know keep keep hitting that which always sounds way easier than it is um but yeah like i'm i don't know yeah it's an interesting i definitely like medium and it's my favorite i feel like it's the closest to what this what this should be, which is why I still, if I'm going to write something, I'll probably put it on medium, but I don't know. There's still something off about it. Like, I feel like the more they start experimenting with this paid stuff mm -hmm. over time, they're just going to turn into what they're trying to not be now, which I feel yeah. like it sounds so terrible, but money just corrupts everything. So 
you know, if they've already gone down this path, it's only a matter of time until they make some stupid decision based on money and then some other company who claims they're not for the money rises and then the cycle just keeps repeating. See, and honestly, like I, I kind of wish they just approached it like Wikipedia and it's totally free, totally open and you just donate money. Yeah. And I feel like there's going to be whales who will donate a lot of money and I've donated to Wikipedia. I, I don't know, like, um, I don't know, like the Radiohead, like they released an album once and they just took straight donations, like pay whatever right. you want to yeah. pay. Yeah, pay right? what you want. Yeah, and I think that would be cool if these guys were running a business that wasn't in like a startup in San Francisco based off of like a whole bunch of funding. Like I, I wish if it was just like a guy who made this as a passion project and he just wanted to make a living out of it. That might be feasible, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's. I think I think the problem is that there's there's so many people that just don't want to pay, and I I was getting into this argument with my uh, with uh, with someone that I work with where they they still just you know completely uh, torrent everything. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like such a, um, like I'm on my ivory, wait, ivory horse. No, I'm in my ivory tower. I don't know if that's the right expression, but I, I just want to say to them, like, how old are you? Like, why, like, like, why do you think that's okay? I, I can understand if you're in, in school and you've got no money and you want to watch the Avengers. Okay, fine. You can, you can download that. But if you're making a good living, why are you, why are you, like, you're, you are stealing. I, I'm totally in the camp of you, you're stealing and there's no, you cannot justify for me. I, like, I can't be convinced that, like, I haven't heard a convincing argument about how piracy is in some way for the people. And, um, I don't think it should be taken away though. So I'm like, maybe yeah. my views are a bit complex, but I think for some people that's their only that's the only way they can get access to this content. And I'm more than happy to subsidize that by mm. paying a little bit more for an album or for a movie or something like that. If it means that, you know, somebody less fortunate can, can rip it and the studio can still go on and make money. But if you're a, if you're making a very good salary, like if you can go to Starbucks, like I love, you know, that you listen to Sam Harris's podcast. Did you know Sam Harris? Yeah. I feel like he has the, one of the most, best pitches for donating money to his podcast and mm -hmm. it's it's just so succinct and he he essentially says look if you can walk into a starbucks and buy a four dollar coffee without thinking about it you should consider donating to my podcast but if you can't do that or if that gives you anxiety don't do it like i'm more than happy for you to stay here for free but mm -hmm. if you could pay three dollars for boiled water you can probably donate three or four dollars a month to my podcast, and I absolutely love that little yeah. thing. And I, and I feel the same way about about movies um, and about content. Like I would I would gladly pay for some of this content, but there there has to be. I, I'm not going to pay for someone to write a two minute blog post about some me too marketing idea that I read five years ago, and they're just putting their own little spin on it. 
I'm not going to pay for that. Okay, so my, my my stance on the piracy thing is like, I I think so. I agree with the whole copy notion, and we talk about this at all the time because people don't want to pay for apps. But I'm like, you're telling me this, and you you just had like Jacob's steak yesterday, and you paid like a hundred dollars for a steak, and right. yet you won't buy an app. But I think the I I I get why they do it though because there's so much other choice out there, so much substitute things. So even so, in the in the case of like the piracy pirating movies, it's there's this expectation things are free right now in the internet, but it's also that it is just more convenient probably to pirate a movie than it is to say go to a theater and watch a movie. I'm not. I think the experience is a lot shittier. I think. Um, but like, imagine you had to go into theater and you wanted to watch something, um, and you had to you're home with Jack and Emma, and you wanted to watch some it. You want to watch it, but you can't watch it because they can't go to the theater. They can't watch it. But you know, at your home, when you're gonna watch it, you're gonna watch it in pieces. Um, you're gonna watch it here and there when they're they're sleeping in the road, they're doing something. But there's that certain convenience that you get when you own that if you are say pirating it, and you're gonna get it before. It will show up on, say, Apple um, or you know Netflix or something else. So there's that convenience, and I think that convenience is what people. I think if you eliminated that and made everything super convenient, I think you'd eliminate a big part of that piracy, which is like really what like Spotify really solved, or right. Apple right. Music, or all of these, right? Because right. you had Napster that was doing a whole bunch of this, but it was basically pointing out a problem in the system or pointing out an opportunity that, um, you know, people wanted fixed, but it wasn't being fixed. So they were going down these other routes. Um, yeah. And, and you know what, like, I've, I mean, I'm, I'll be a total hypocrite. I have watched pirated movies before I've watched a pirated movie in the past yeah. two years, yeah. but I, I'd say it's the exception, not the rule. And you're right. It's always been when it's something that, for whatever reason, it's very hard for us to see. Uh, and it always has to do with, like, kids. So mm -hmm. I, I guess the people that I get not upset with, and, and I I am judging them. I, I can't pretend I'm not, but I, I try not to judge them, that they don't have kids. They have no excuse. Um, they've got a ton, of a ton of disposable yeah. income. Like, why... Because there, there is a future where these things don't exist. And I think that, or what's even worse is what people are already talking about where you're going to go see a movie and there's going to be a friggin' commercial break in the movie. Like that's already being thrown out there. So that sounds awful. I don't know if that'll happen. I think, I think, I kind of think like the whole advertising model is just broken. I think like the way of, like throwing up an ad now, I think it's just it, it it's I don't think in ten years, twenty years from now, that's gonna be the main form of um I guess commerce. Like e like I, I I think what's really gonna happen is kind of like you're gonna get a lot more um branded or kind of better like co marketing opportunities. So uh, I think this was on like the Bill Simmons podcast. I, think, or I don't know where I heard this, but they were talking about um, Gatorade, and Gatorade was sponsoring this. Um, I think it was like the Steve Nash documentary. I don't know if you've seen it, but 
it was the year of his retirement. He basically had a camera crew follow him around, and it was the story of him kind of coming back from injury. And um, I think it was like a Gatorade-sponsored thing, but there was maybe, a, but there was like a really close alignment with the product and what the story was telling. Um, and I kind of think there's going to be more things like that, or if in like a football game. It's not going to be just like random commercials selling like Burger King or uh, on the Arby's or whatever else. Um, but there's going to be a company that is going to own all the advertising rights for the football game. And they're going to maybe tie it closer with the actual action and what's happening. And like, oh, did you see like what uh, Eli Manning is wearing or something? And like, you can make that purchase there and then. I, I don't know. But it's going to be a lot more integrated with the content, I think. Hmm. Because, yeah. like, I don't know, even, like, online, like, you, the commercials, like, you just tune that out and people don't watch that stuff, right? Well, it's funny. It's, I, I do because I, I'm a marketer and I create yeah, those, okay. I create those commercials, but I... It, well, yeah, it's true. I, I, I do enjoy commercials. I, I, yeah, I do enjoy commercials, but sometimes I'm watching a show and I'm, like, I just watched five, six commercial breaks and I'm, like, God damn it. Which is which is like an HBO show right now, and I could um, just watch a full 40, 50 minute block and then watch ten minutes of a commercial or something. Well, and I think that one of the things that I've noticed a couple uh, I can't remember where I saw it, but companies are doing this thing where they at the beginning of a show they'll say, "This commercial free show is brought to you by Gatorade," mm-hmm. and then there's no commercials. That kind mm-hmm. of stuff I like because that's adding yeah. that's adding value. Yeah. I mean, I think what we're doing eventually, I mean, we were joking last week about, you know, getting that Casper money and I, I don't know about you, but I listen to most advertisements in podcasts mm-hmm. because I, tr- I tend to trust the podcaster and if they are endorsing it, it's, it's something that there's a good chance I, I want to hear about. Now, yeah. that's a false assumption because a lot of those people probably have very little morals and might be totally advertising or, or even just lying about how much they like something and, and truthfully my, my biggest complaint with the bill simmons podcast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is i don't believe him for one second in any of it like if i was sponsoring his i, I would never sponsor his podcast yeah. because i feel like he reads it almost like he knows he's he's uh like it's it's almost like he it's like a passive aggressive or something or there's like a Sure. Uh, he's not selling it at all. I'm like, you don't, you don't like that. Like, there's no way you like that. Or see this, yeah, for hundred percent. But at the same time, like, the stuff he sells, like SeatGeek, I, I don't never use SeatGeek before. I, I use like StubHub, um, Casper. They talk about. Um, I was another podcast I listen to, and it's like some some guy who sells like he's like a, a lawyer for like car accidents and stuff, and. But it's like, it doesn't matter what he's selling. Like, I wouldn't buy it. Like, because, and that just feels like a commercial break in like a TV show, right? Well, no, but but I think he has an opportunity though where, so one of the podcasts, I think I mentioned it last week that I really like is called Back to Work with mm-hmm. uh, Dan Benjamin and Merlin Mann. And yeah. it's funny, we literally just looked at sponsoring this at Hubba. We're going to potentially sponsor uh, one of their podcasts because mm-hmm. we think they have, you know, it's funny, the more I thought about it after I got the price, I don't think that they do have the right market for us. I think they have a lot of mm-hmm. software developers, which 
is fine, but we really want people who are doing products and wholesaling. So like Tim Ferriss would be our dream, but I'm not even going to, I don't even think I'm allowed to say out loud how much it costs to sponsor his podcast. Mm -hmm. But the, like, I can tell that they really do have, like they really try to promote things that they use. So, you know, like RX bars was one of their first sponsors way back when RX bars first came out and like Dan uh, was one of the original kind of paleo people on the paleo train and basically said like, look, these are, these are like the only kind of bar thing I'm ever going to eat. And they have four ingredients and they're delicious and they're expensive. Go buy them kind of thing. And I mean, even Joe Rogan a bit sometimes when he talks about like me undies and all these like typical podcast (laughs) kind of, you know, like, you know, there's just, there's companies that only advertise on, on podcasts. It seems like audible. Yeah. Again, like I can feel, you know, like when someone actually has a, 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 you know, like a unique book that they listen to that they're plugging that audible Mm -hmm. said, Hey, it'd be nice if you, you know, talked about a book that you recently got. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you can tell a lot from even like the book they pick. If it's like a bestseller, they probably don't really care. And they just went to Audible, looked at a bestseller and was like, oh, I recognize that. Whereas mm-hmm. this other um, podcast I listened to with uh, John Gruber, the kind of like the Daring Fireball Mac guy, you know, he pulled out some like random baseball book that he read that sounded super boring to me, but I know he's a huge baseball geek and I'm sure he actually did listen to that on Audible. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's people like Bill Simmons are missing out on an opportunity where people like me, I'm, I don't know. Like if he, if there's other stuff that he actually was into, I don't know, maybe it's just his delivery, well, but I just don't, if I was a sponsor, I would never give him money. I'm like, I don't care what your reach is. You sound like a total douchebag when you're reading these, these yeah. ad, these ad things. But I guess there's two parts to it. So one is like the authenticity of it. And I think that's what is, it's it's hurting uh, hurting you right now with uh, Bill Simmons, but the other part is just I think ultimately these guys are peddling stuff that even if they sound convinced convincing like they care about the product, you're it's not really aligning with why you listen to that podcast. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like if even if Bill Simmons was honest and truthful about him loving Casper Mattress and he, he pitched it like he really, really loved it. You're not listening to the Bill Simmons report or sorry, like the ringer or whatever, because you want a Casper Mattress. Like that had nothing, you don't give a fuck, you know? Like, and so that, that, that's the other point about like, I think the advertising has to kind of align with the content better. Yeah. So if, yeah, if, exactly. if, it, if it was like, if it was like Planet Money and they did like a real in-depth study on uh, Casper Mattress, and they were talking about that in more detail, the economy of um, uh, like Casper Mattress and how that business works and stuff, then I'd be like, cool, that's actually interesting. I might buy a Casper Mattress. Do you, do, do you know what I mean? Oh, and 100%. So but yeah. I think maybe, maybe we're saying the same thing, but like I think the future, so when you were talking about you know Eli Manning like wearing a, a shirt and then you're able to buy the shirt, I think that's a, a, legitimate, uh, a legitimate thing. But were you were you advocating that he will be paid to wear a certain shirt? I, I don't know. Like, um, no, like I, I think he should be wearing whatever shirt he's wearing. Oh, okay. Then, okay. Yeah. Then, then the, I, I think we're saying the same thing. Like all, like I think where 
I think there will be more personalization between content producers and advertisers. Mm-hmm. And that will lead to, like if Eli Manning loves, you know, um, I don't know, like the cheapest like t-shirt and he mm-hmm. just happens to love this super cheap t-shirt that he could obviously afford a Gucci one, but he chooses like the Hanes Costco Kirkland one, then yeah, I, I should be able to buy that t-shirt and he should get some kind of referral fee for that. But we, or else all these athletes are just going to be wearing Under Armour, which is what they're doing now. Or they're, um, and it's funny going back to Joe Rogan, like, I don't know what his deals are. And I imagine they're humongous with the amount of listeners he has. But what's super interesting is if you watch his YouTube channel, he's always wearing a different shirt. And you can tell, like, sometimes he's for sure being paid to wear a shirt. And he never mentions it. He never talks about it. He never says anything. But you you know he's like, I don't know, at least I have a very strong hunch that he's wearing certain shirts that he's being paid to to wear. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm also okay with that because I do, I trust his integrity as a podcaster that I do think he would only wear something that he would be happy to wear if he wasn't being paid for it. But sure. the same way, you know, like, okay, like, who do you think? So fast forward a year from now, Pencil Problems is, you know, the number 57 podcast in the world. And like, who do you think would align for us as sponsors where you and I would both feel like, okay, this, this doesn't feel like we're, we can go to sleep at night, but we're also getting, you know, maybe we quit our jobs and we start doing this thing three times a week. And I don't know, get a studio, bring on guests, break it off into three different podcasts. Like who, who would you think could, could legitimately sponsor us? We'd have to get some of that startup money, man. They got, they got, they got that money to dump. So we'll take some of that startup money. I yeah, but I I like I, I kind of agree with you. Like I think if we're talking about, you know, productivity, I, 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 or... I think you could do Audible. You talk about you reference a lot of books, but I think Audible would really make sense. And you're a big Audible fan. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. What, what do you have anything in mind? I actually think there's a, I think there's a huge market. So for example, if you were to ask me, Kent, how are we going to get to 10,000 listeners? Don't worry. I've already thought about it. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I think we would do is buy advertising on other podcasts. Sure. So I I don't know. Did you, do you ever like, do you find yourself um, like, I think cross promotion of podcasts is a very Mm -hmm. effective way of exposing more people to, to podcasts. I don't know if they do it outside of their networks, though. Like, again, Bill Simmons does a good job of always plugging another podcast he's doing. Yeah. And so, yeah. And usually all these guys just plug podcasts within their network, right? But yeah, like, but I wonder if we paid, like, if, so again, take back to work. I think mm-hmm. their audience would be very similar to our audience if we were to get to mm-hmm. that size. It's people who are, you know, struggling with trying to do side projects, trying to balance work life and family life, trying to stop procrastinating and just, you know, all, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a that's basically what Back to Work is about. And I could totally see us saying, okay, I'll pay you, you know, $2,000 for three episodes to hope that of your, call it 85,000 listeners, 
you know, 5,000 of them come over to our podcast and check it out. I think that's $2,000 well spent. No, okay, but that's that's for building audience. But that's what I mean. You yeah. were to, if you, if you were to put an ad on it, though, for are you talking about generating for generating actual revenue, or are you talking about just building audience? No, I mean, like for us, I think that that's what I would do for, like I, I think that's a great. Okay, sorry, I was what I was saying is I think one of the people that we would mm-hmm. gladly take money from if we were had mm-hmm. that power would be other mm-hmm. podcasters. Okay. Okay. So, um, like, if Bill Simmons wanted to give us some money to talk about, you know, why his show is cool, I think that, because, again, it's sort of like content promoting content, I think is a really interesting, like, I would I would much rather, like, I wish Medium would have sponsored, like, rather than trying to do this whole paid thing, I do think Medium should have sponsored posts, but I think they should have a, a like, if I was Ev Williams, I would be trying to do what Google did with AdWords to Medium, where you would really have a very strong quality score so you couldn't advertise a, a piece of content about Trump on a, you know, I don't know, life hacker post. Like, that. that's not, that's not going to pass from a quality score perspective. But if somebody wanted to promote content about parenting beside your parenting podcast or your parenting post, I think that they should be able to pay for that audience. Okay. But then would you, it's okay. So would we have a say in terms of um, the podcasters that we are promoting? If they're like, Hey, we'll give you like $10,000. Can you just uh, bill some is like, I'll give you $10,000. Can you just shout out my, my podcast? No, because I think what we would do is we would go to the people who we we do already listen to and say, hey, do you want to pay us to talk about, eh, I see what you're saying, that kind of breaks down, doesn't it? Well, because I think if you do it that way, you ultimately run into the same problem you have right now, right? You're just kind of promoting stuff that doesn't really align. I, I think the, the proper way to do that is really bring Bill Simmons on here and he starts talking about the stuff we talk about. Or you, you bring... Um, I don't know, whoever from another podcast and we start talking about the stuff we talk about. That's true. And that's like um, when the bad, the very bad wizards went on Sam Harris's podcast, mm-hmm. they even talked about it. So I started listening to them because they were on Sam's yeah. podcast. And then yeah. literally the, like that first week afterwards, they, they joked like, holy crap, you know, we got a lot of listeners from that, mm-hmm. that, that podcast. And you're right. That was a very... But but again, that like that's just kind of that's kind of like SEO. That's just like that's just good organic, you know. Yeah, that's just good organic. But like I'm yeah. like, how 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 would you actually make money though? And um, like what you're suggesting, yeah, like I think that that, that could work. Um, but it's, it's it's just like if we're advertising product, right? It's still finding that right podcast that aligns with what we talk about to make it feel authentic, right? Yeah, and then like the more I think about it, I kind of go back to and again like Sam Harris being the like moral wizard that he is. I think sort of has it figured out where he used to do advertising on his podcast. Mm-hmm. He felt that that was putting him in a weird position. He, I'm sure, took a very unpopular step where he just said, "Nope, I'm not going to take tens of thousands of guaranteed money a week, and I'm going to trust in my network of people to pay me yeah. to do this." Yeah. And 
I, I feel like that kind of is the most that that's the purest form of, you know, uh, maybe that's what we should aspire to, that there will be people who do want to, um, you know, and kind of coming full, full circle on your medium post, like what I would love to do. And this is sort of where I thought publishing was going to go, especially a couple of years ago when Bitcoin started getting, you know, onto the scene. And um, there's a lot of, I think there was even a company that was working on this, but the idea that I would go onto medium and I would load, I don't know, $10 worth of Bitcoin on my account. Mm-hmm. And then as I was like on your page, the, there'd be this very complicated algorithm where depending on how long I was on the page, if I clapped you, if I did this, if I did that, you would just get a little bit of that. Actually, okay, this is basically what Medium's doing now, isn't it? Except they're yeah. doing it over yeah. the month. Okay, so maybe this is what they're... Um... Okay, but yeah, I, yeah. I just, I, I just guess I kind of wish Medium... If it was just by donation, I think you would still have that a bit of that purity in how medium was in the beginning because now I'm like, I'm tempted to just like, okay, I have like, um, in, in a month I have 30 of these little, one little, like two sentence anecdotes. I'm going to post one every day and I'm probably going to get more people reading and there's just more content. People are going to click through and people are going to see it and they'll just read it and it's going to read so fast. And my, my, um, my actual, not, my kind of completion rates are going to be like so high and then maybe that factors into the algorithm, but you're going to get a whole lot of garbage like this, right? Because yeah. obviously if I just thought about this, I'm, a lot of people are kind of doing this already. Um, maybe not even that micro, but you know, you end up watering everything down, which is kind of shitty. Um, well, or, or worse, you get, you get kind of arbitrage opportunists that say, okay, I can make, uh, I don't know, $10 per post. Mm-hmm. I can pay some writer $6 per post and I can take $4 arbitrage. So yep. now you start, and I'm not saying everyone's going to do this, but there will definitely be a group of people who will just start outsourcing their content. And mm-hmm. yeah, the quality is just going to, just going to drop for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird, yeah. um, yeah, it's a weird, and it, it all kind of comes back to this whole, you know, and, and you have a lot of experience with this, with paying for just, you know, trying to get people to pay for Sago apps, which mm-hmm. I still find crazy. And I remember I told you when we were first talking about apps at Sago, I told you that I would pay $50 for a sleep app. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I stand by that. I, I would definitely pay $50 for a sleep app, but I know that I'm in that fraction of a 1%. And I don't even have $50. Like I'm not, I'm not loaded or anything, mm-hmm. but at that time, sleep was such a pain point for us with our kids that I easily would have paid a premium for it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And you know what? Like, I we I I've thought about that, and um, I've talked about it with people. The drawback of that is just a, a bright screen and sleep time just don't go hand in hand, you know? No, but that's why I told you it's got to be Apple TV. And then I know what you said. You said that the numbers on Apple TV aren't aren't good enough to justify, but yo, no, it, it could not, it could not be on the screen. Sorry. Like, n- like no way it has to be on. Oh wait, are you saying it doesn't matter if it's Apple TV or, or the screen? Well, if you're saying the Apple TV works better for you than like say your mobile phone, um, 
then sure. But then, yeah, the, the, if in that case, the numbers, I think, don't justify doing it. If it's on your phone, I think it's just it, it's just not very conducive to good sleep. Yeah, and that's fair. I, that's, I don't know if you told me that back then, but hearing that now, that's a really good argument for it. Um, yeah. But it's so funny because, like, Emma right now, just we've, like, I'm not proud of this, but we've just trained her that she needs this one YouTube video to basically put her to sleep. And it's this, um, it's this channel called super simple songs. And it's just these nursery rhyme kind of songs, like with some light animation. Mm -hmm. And my God, like these things have 183 million views, like each of them. It's crazy. Like, you know, we're, we're not the only yeah. ones who do this yeah. with our, with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, but what we did is we sort of hacked our Apple TV and our TV because the biggest feature missing on Apple TV, I think, is the the nighttime setting. Like, you know how your phone does the night mm -hmm. shift? Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that Apple TV doesn't have night shift. This seems like the simplest thing they could do. And the uh, so what we did is we hacked the accessibility features of it so that if we quadruple tap the menu button four times, it essentially mutes all the colors, dims the screen, and and then if we really want to take it to a next level, we did the same thing to our TV as well. So we can essentially get it to this like very muted experience that we use at mm -hmm. nighttime. Mm -hmm. But uh yeah, I'm I'm surprised that Apple hasn't uh hasn't got all over that. Yeah. Um hmm. But, but hang on. So the other interesting thing that actually crossed my mind when I was re-listening to our podcast last week was mm -hmm. I wonder why Apple never allowed paid podcasts on their podcast app. Hmm. Like if you look at the screen, if you look at the interface, it's exactly like the app store. There's, there's no difference. They could just as easily have a 199 button beside every podcast. And... I was sort of like, oh, that's weird. Like, why wouldn't they just let podcasters set their price? And if you want to pay a buck ninety nine a month to listen to the Bill Sims podcast, he'd make a great shit ton of money. And that kind of seems like a no brainer. But the yeah, I, I was thinking that maybe the reason why they didn't is because it's so cross platform. They're I don't know, there would maybe be some weird situation where you've paid for it on Apple, but now you want to listen to it at home, and but you can only listen to it, it's like DRM'd now on an Apple device, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it just gets really messy, and they're like, ah. But, I mean, music's no different. Uh, you know, I can't listen yeah. to uh, Apple Music on an Android or on a, or on a Roku box, so mm. why... Yeah, I don't know, I'm just surprised. And then I think you'd have podcasters who are exclusively Apple podcasters. Um... And who would just say, okay, we're, we're going to only podcast on, on Apple's network. And I don't know. I feel like it's just such a simple way to kind of solve everything we just talked about. Um, I wonder I wonder if they intentionally did it just because at the time podcasts, even now, like podcasts are growing and they're, it's obviously rising, but it's not like total mainstream thing. So maybe they want just to, here, here's the free crack. Everyone mm. come in. And Interesting. Then and then, like, make it a mainstream thing, and then and then charge for it. Because if you if you if you gate it too early, people the podcast stuff might not catch on on Apple, right? 
Oh, that's interesting. So you think there could be a world like five years from now where you would pay for podcasts because it's it's like it makes it makes sense. Yeah, like I wonder if Apple is just building their ecosystem. Oh, so a... so that that's that's one option. Option two is also, I wonder if they feel like they can't control the commerce on this because it's a podcast. It's kind of like radio. People are gonna get sponsorships and they'll talk about it. We can talk about whatever. And Apple is not going to get any of that cut. So mm. they, they also can't control that. And Apple is, uh, you know, they like to control everything. Um, but by so that, they, yeah. if they can't control it, they won't control it. They won't, it's all or nothing for them, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, but but they would take a cut of the 199 or whatever. Yeah, but then who? But everyone would just set their podcast for free because they're, they're like... A, I'm not going to get the masses that are going to pay. It's just like apps, right? Everyone's going to get the free thing. So you're going to get the free app and people are going to build their own audiences and they're going to make more money off ads than they would from oh, people but, 199, right? No, but man, think about that. And again, I have no idea if podcasts are even on the, on the roadmap for Apple, but hmm. if, I, if I'm a PM at Apple working on podcasts, okay, imagine if... So I, I had to use a third-party app to publish our, our podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's called Fireside FM. It's amazing. It's uh, it's made by this guy. I've, I've actually surprisingly talked a lot about with this Dan Benjamin guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so essentially all a podcast is is an RSS feed with content hosted on some kind of media server like Amazon S3 or any other streaming media server. But it's basically just an XML file with links to content that you post and Apple validates and then goes into the store. Like it's ridiculously simple uh, when you, when you think about it, but mm. okay. So imagine if Apple beefs this up a bit. So they, they essentially treat it like apps where they say, now I know they tried this with like I ads and that totally failed, but so you can like, we, we would have two choices as a podcast on Apple. We could make it free, but then there would be, almost like a, a network of advertisers or something that we could plug into our podcast or we would have like a, oh, you're right though. It's so hard to control that. But anyway, I was yeah. thinking like you could have some, some way of saying, okay, if it's free, then here's, here's how you're going to, oh yeah, no, I, I'm talking myself out of this. It's it, you're right. It, because it's audio, it's so hard to control the medium. But yeah, anyway, but, yeah I was, I was thinking there there would be a way to essentially when you pay you're skipping the commercials. So App, Apple would have these like predefined commercial blocks that would yeah. go into your podcast, and if you didn't want to subject your listeners to that, you would charge money. So you would somehow incentivize. But I don't think Apple would ever do that. That sounds like something Google would do. I, I think what they they might they could do is also just set up podcasts as a subscription service. So you subscribe to specific podcasts, which you already kind of do, um, but maybe you pay pay some money. But I, I don't really know if the podcasters would want that. I think podcasters wouldn't even want any sort of gate there. They just want it to be, you want to get as many people in the door as possible. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because I think that model still, it's antiquated, but it still makes sense for them, right? Yeah, um, it, you're right. And again, it it goes to like why, um, why someone would pay like Joe Rogan to wear a T-shirt 
because yeah. like, it's getting seen by hundreds of thousands of people and yeah. there is some of it like they're like advertising still works i think that's yeah. the i always love when i read these posts about even like you know there's always these posts about like display advertising and facebook advertising and how they don't work and it's all a big scam and man like mm. i don't know what products you're selling but you know I, i'll speak for hubba like if you're if you've got an interesting product and you find the right audience those things work and they work very well mm-hmm. but you you need to have a great product and you need to really think about who do i want to see this and if it's if you're not good at marketing your ads are going to suck and then you're going to get angry and you're going to write a blog post about how advertising is is failing and it's this awful world but the the people who are doing it right are having great success so like you know i i i'm always very skeptical of blog posts that i read from people saying that something doesn't work because my first instinct is that they're just not very smart or mm. they haven't spent the time to make it work because things rarely don't work you know like you can kind of make anything work if you spend enough time at it um mm-hmm. so i like posts that say like this wasn't worth it or this isn't worth your time based on the investment you're going to have to make but they kind of come out and say this is dead this is broken i i'm always kind of suspect and i i feel the same with advertising like it it 100% still works yeah but some of that stuff is just like headline drivers too right if they took a a stance the headline was like ah, it this is my opinion it may work but i'm not sure versus like this does not work advertising is dead like you're going to get way more click throughs on that right oh yeah for sure it's like yeah. we we were talking about with me even i've noticed that I sort of talk like Trump a lot where I'm everything for me is the best thing or everything for me is the greatest thing I've ever done, the greatest thing I've ever tried. And 100% it's because I know it gets it gets a reaction and yeah. I'm uh yeah, it, it's terrible, but it it works. I mean, people will listen to you if you say, "Oh my god, this is the best thing I ever had." And as long as you don't pull that card too often, you can kind of get away with it. Um yeah. Um, I don't know, and there's, um, there's my, my, my coworker, he's, so he kind of like that, but he's like, everything is like, oh, this is the best video game, or this is the best movie, or it's either the best or it's the worst. There's not a right. lot in between. So I, I joke with him about it because I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't listen to your movie recommendations because I don't know, like, there is no in between, like. It's either the best thing ever, and then you hyped it up way too much for me, and I can't enjoy the movie now, or it's garbage, and then I don't know if it's. And I trust you, so I'm like, should I should I watch it then? I, I don't know, <laughs> and it, it makes it, it makes it very hard. Um, so I, I ask him to like dial it dial it down for me and kind of keep it keep it real a little bit more. It's uh, like instead of playing at the extreme. It's like that. It's like that Simpsons episode where it's like Homer becomes the food critic, and he gives everything a great rating, and he's like, "This gets my worst rating ever: seven thumbs up." <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally like that too. Like, I can honestly say, I've never seen a really bad movie. I, I can't remember a movie I saw that I really regretted watching. What? Yeah, I'm weird. Like, I, I really. I like books books I'm I'm very I can tell you some bad books that I've read or books that I've given up on or books that I would never recommend to somebody but for some reason with movies I 
I never have any expectations going into a movie and I always just find something interesting, whether it's like a camera angle or a shot or, um, I don't know, like there's a scale, but I can't really say right now, if you said name the worst movie you've ever seen, that it would take me a long time to, to think about that. Worst movie I've ever seen, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, starring Christian Crook. I used to have a massive crush on Christian Crook, and this is honestly the worst movie ever. I thought I was going to like it because she's in it, and it was just super campy. The acting was terrible. The fighting was terrible, and you're watching Street Fighter for the action, um, and it's, it's so bad, man. Anyways, you should watch it as a homework assignment and just tell me what you think. Yeah, but I feel like you've totally biased me now. But okay, fair enough. And I, okay, I mean, if it, there's some like bad action movies where, yeah, I'll be, okay. I, I, again, I could, I could make a list of movies that I'm not, they're not my favorite, but <laughs> I, like, okay, here, here's an example that, um, so there's there's two movies that I always get just totally roasted on for liking for loving actually like for being up there with my favorite movies of all time and people think they're some of two of the worst movies ever. So one is Prometheus, the um, prequel oh. to Alien. L- love that movie. Uh, I've watched. Sorry, it. You, you were cutting out, man. Oh, sorry. Um, so one is Prometheus. I like Prometheus. Love Prometheus. Love. Seen okay. it so many yeah. times and. The other one is The Rock from, like, Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> the Rock is probably the best action movie of all time. Not the, it's yeah. definitely in my, in, my, in my top five action movies. Yeah. Ever. Okay, so, so maybe, maybe you and I are just either really alike or the friends that I have are super critical on these two movies. But I, I have not, like, if I talk about a movie, I have a few friends that will be like, oh, remember, guys, this is the guy who likes Prometheus. And then everyone has a good laugh. And yeah, this is a good movie. I no. I liked I liked Alien Covenant. I like, did you watch Alien Covenant? No, no, I haven't seen Covenant yet. But um, uh, I got it got spoiled for me though. I I did what I do sometimes, where when I know I'm not going to see a movie, but I'm so interested to, to know about it, I go on Wikipedia and I read the plot. And then after I read the plot, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't need to see this now. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll watch it for the action, but I just wanted to see if it progressed the storyline of like where the engineers come from, why they created humanity, and it doesn't really seem like it did that, so I'm... It progresses uh, the story a little bit. Yeah, um, but... I, and then I read a bunch of Reddit threads on it, and I just I just went... I, I did the total wrong thing you should do with a movie like that, where I read all the spoilers, all the philosophy before even seeing the movie, and then basically said, okay, I, I, don't, need to, I don't need to watch aliens rip things apart. I... Like... It's it's so funny. The Alien franchise to me is it's a paradox because I love the the whole subplot of like who are these aliens? Like what are the engineers? Why did they create the humanity? Like that's what's interesting. The mm-hmm. aliens itself, the, the 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 scariness, the terror. I I could care less for any of that. What? I, yeah. Like, so Alien Covenant had had definitely had some holes in it. But that really Scott and that action, um, just the buildup of some of these. Oh my! It, it's it's so good. I, I I'm super on board. Uh, some people hated it, but I'm I'm yeah I'm totally on board just for that reason. 
See, and even that Street Fighter movie, like, I'm sure when I watch it, because I have no expectations going into it, or now my expectations are even lower, I'll just, I'll, it'll be like entertainment. I'll just laugh at it and be like, wow, what a stupid movie. Who, who are these, <laughs> you, you know, but like, there's still some entertainment value in the, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of bad when it comes to movies. I, I really, I'm a, I'd be a terrible movie critic. But Same I think with, The Rock is amazing. The, oh, yeah. the, the, the Rock, like, come on, man. Like, how, how do people shit on you for that? Oh, Sean dude. Connery comes back. He's, like, the master escape guy from Alcatraz. You have Nick, Nick, Nicolas Cage at his peak. Like, he's probably peaking then. And, like, this is, like, action Nick Cage peaking before, like, face off. Um, and, like, that one. From the sewer? Oh, my God. Like, dude, so good. Okay. I'm about to blow your mind here, if you've never heard of this before. Okay. There, I'll try to find the Reddit thread to send you, but there's a credible conspiracy theory okay. that The Rock is actually a James Bond movie. Have you heard about this? Oh, no, I haven't. So the idea was that they pitched a Bond movie where this would be like a retired Bond. So... Sean Connery is James Bond. So, okay, there's a whole group of people who believe that... that, Because, again, he's a British SAS officer who was captured and basically... So, there's, like, a line from one of the original 007s where, like, the original 007 or one of the original 007s got captured, like, in... um, Like, he got captured and was never heard of again. Or Anyway, I can't remember, but someone basically puts together this really compelling case that... Sean Connery is in fact James Bond in that movie and it just elevates if even just oh. thinking about that I, I like yeah. the, I, I just like it 10 times more I'm like oh yes he's already badass oh he's so badass like and he oh and if there's one iconic Bond it's him yes exactly he is Bond right so yeah I would love to think that if they weren't uh, but but of course they they could not get the rights the James Bond rights are like one of the most guarded there's actually this really great documentary I, I happened to come across on, I think it was on HBO and I've never been able to find it on, like, I, don't, I don't remember what it was called, so I haven't been able to find it again, but it was detailing the crazy copyright battles that have happened over, um, so that, anyway, it's a rabbit hole, we don't need to go down it, but the, there's no way they would have been able to actually do mm. a James Bond movie without getting this the, the original James Bond producers, which is like a family, I think his last name was Broccoli. It's weird. Um, and, but anyway, I would, I just love thinking every time I rewatch it and I rewatched the rock a lot, or at least parts of it, probably like once every couple weeks. Um, I'm, I'm going to rewatch it this week. Oh, it's so sure. good. It's so good. And when he's getting his haircut on the balcony and he's, oh my. Oh no, man. For, for me, it's that last, that last scene where he's, uh, They've got the like the F-18s coming in. They're like they fly under the Golden Gate Bridge, and they're up there. You know, he's like locking on target. Then Nick Cage comes out and he launches those green flares, and it's like in slow motion. Yeah. And then the guys like, oh man, we got green smoke, and they have to. Oh man, it's so good. Like it's just, and the music, even the soundtrack is great. Like there's so much right about that movie. Wait, was that the, I, that was that? Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. My yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> um, 
You so took Nick, a side. <laughs> yeah, so Nick, yeah, did yeah, you do so. any? Did you do any writing this week? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did actually. I posted month five, so that was cool. Um, got some views and some responses, and that was that was that was nice. Uh, got a couple of claps. I'm working on month six right now. Um, yeah, so it's it's taking long. I'm I'm thinking a little bit about um the whole publishing game and I was listening I was reading this actually medium article and this lady was saying that she tried she's been trying to publish a book for the last ten years. Like she had this idea when her she had like two kids and she was pregnant with a third or something and she was like, I'm gonna have a book and it's gonna be on the shelves and stuff and she's been her kids are now, you know, ten, eleven or twelve now. And she still has not gotten a book published. And she was talking about like I've had my stuff posted in like Times, in like um, I don't know a whole bunch of just interesting pub- publications. But she's like I've never gotten my book actually off the ground. And I've had writers, I sorry, I've had agents who picked up my stuff, and then things fell through, and then it just didn't happen. But it's just been this elusive thing that I've been chasing for ten years, and it has not happened. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. Um, and I was talking to another friend of mine who basically published a kid's book recently. So she was an artist, um, and I was asking her about the process and how, how it all went down. And basically, this guy wrote this kid book. It's, it's about, like, kind of the creation of, of, um, of Earth, really. Uh, I think you'd actually kind of like it, but... Um, my artist friend Catherine um, really, 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 really talented. Um, but basically, he submitted this this book. It got picked up by the, I guess, the publisher, and then it sat there for like a year. And then the publisher found Catherine somewhere online, I don't know where, liked her stuff, and asked her to um, illustrate for it. And then gave her a, like a, some money as an advance. But she was saying that typically the writers, they don't actually submit, they don't come with an artist together. Uh, oftentimes, like, the publisher is the one who finds the artist. Really? Yeah. And I, I had no idea that's how it went down. But she was saying in some cases, there are, I guess, popular duos of people, like writer. Right. Um, yeah, I've seen that a lot in kids' stuff, for sure. And, and that stuff, um, if you, you know, a pair went to them, like that and they're well known i'm sure it'd be fine but she's like in the most case in most cases it's um yeah the the publisher actually finds an illustrator damn yeah you've just given so, me you've just given me now i'm like i want to reboot that a is for apple c is for c thing if i could just go pitch a publisher yeah give them the content get them to uh yeah, I know the guy who wrote Z for Zamboni, so feels like we got a <laughs> got a lead there that I could start pulling on. Yeah, um, man. Um, but yeah, so, it, it, yeah. It, I find like I think what's different about yours though, personally, is that mm. I don't think of it as like having anything to do with kids' books or parenting, no. right? Like you know, obviously because yeah. it's not for kids, right? But I mean, it, I feel like kids' books are just this weird world where. Like what, I don't know, like, has anyone ever tried to figure out what all great kids books have in common? Because I can't find any common thread. But 
there there's definitely some that you like and some that you don't but mm-hmm. trying to put your finger on it i think like 90% of it comes down to the illustrations which is probably why the producer or the publisher wants to control who illustrates it yeah but um but anyway no i mean i think that's I, I I don't know. I also feel like I don't know this person you're you're talking about. I, I'm not trying to judge her, but I feel like you know, ten years and you haven't gotten a book done. Like how how bad do you really want that? Like, um, so so she's written like four or five books already. Oh oh sorry. Um, but they have never. She's never. It's never been published. And I, I don't actually know her. I just this was off some medium post I was reading. But that's um, so weird. Like, how does that make any sense? So she's written this. It's just. It's never been picked up. Like she's reached out to agents, and she's she's like, I spent a lot of money. I've gone to a whole bunch of these trade shows, and I've gone to like, a, um, you know, I, I spent writing. I've done writing courses and all this, and yeah, she just. I, I bet you she's drowning in pencil problems, man. Think about that. Like, again, I'm totally talking. I have no idea what I'm talking about here, but mm-hmm. but again, like, isn't this why? And maybe I don't understand how this works, but I thought the whole point of writing is that. Uh, so, I I, exp- I actually explored this a little bit because I have a I have a Family Guy episode that's actually kind of pretty. Like I've I don't know I got like fifteen pages of this thing, um, and it's a hilarious episode. And I just wanted to go through like how would I actually get this in front of like Seth MacFarlane or Fox, if mm-hmm. I wanted to, how, like, how does this work? I, I, I'm not, I have, I hold no reservations that this is going to become, a, I don't care about it enough to make this a mission of mine to get this episode made. Mm-hmm. But there was a really great, great Quora post that outlined in excruciating detail how a, essentially a no-name writer can become a writer. Mm-hmm. And he had done it before for an episode of ER of all things, like that hospital show way back in the day and basically like you you never like you maybe you have to write one episode or like you have to write one book so like this this woman who's written 10 books like you 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 normally have to go and like write a full book but Mm -hmm. he was sort of saying that's almost like an initiation test where you can't just go and call up a studio exec and pitch him an idea he gets a thousand ideas a day so mm-hmm. you have to package it so that it's a fully formed thing that they can then make a decision on. But once you've actually proven you can do that, then the next time they come to you, they will listen to a lighter pitch. So you you almost just have to prove that you could sit down and develop an idea, even if that idea is not good. But the next idea can be less fully formed because you've earned the fact that, oh, this person can sit down and write a 30, 40 page script if they had to. So mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I would, all I'm saying is I wouldn't be too discouraged there. Cause I think that you're either, like you said, you, you're going to have this content anyway. So it's either going to at worst, just live on medium at best, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a book, but um, I don't know. I feel like she's just not, I, I don't know. I feel like she's not like doing maybe, it right. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe the books are no good. I, I have no idea, right? But it, also, part of that is finding the alignment with the right agent because someone's gonna like it. Um, and if you have that right agent who likes it, who it it, it rings with them, then that's all you kind of need, right? You, you ever thought about? Um, you ever looked into Wattpad? 
Yeah, my actually my buddy's brother owns Wattpad or he runs Wattpad. Oh no way! Um, what's his name? Um, yeah, Ivan Ivan Yun. Oh yeah, that yeah yeah yep. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, I I I talked to I so I talked to my buddy Eric about it. I'm like, uh, would Wattpad be a good platform? And he's like, Wattpad actually appeals a lot more to tweens, like teen yeah. tweens. Yeah, a yeah. lot of tweens, a lot of like. Um, you know, um, zombie yeah. or vampire Twi- stories and stuff. Twilight. Yeah, Twilight audience. Um, but I, so he's like, I don't know if that would be the best fit for it. Um, but it's it's interesting and it's a, you know, it's an interesting platform for that. Well, like the interesting, um, like what I, what I think about, so we actually hired uh, one of our directors of marketing came from Wattpad and we were talking about it. And he had an interesting, obviously he was on the inside, so he has a bit of a different take. And I think mm-hmm. that if you were to ask him, their strategy very similar to, you know, WhatsApp, for example, being the most popular chat app in South Africa. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know that that's how WhatsApp started. So up until whenever the year was, you no one knew what, what, what WhatsApp was, cause it, but everybody in South Africa knew what it was. And then all of a sudden, everybody had WhatsApp. And I think mm-hmm. that their strategy at Wattpad is sure right now it's just tweens reading, but that's because they've just found a really good product market fit. They can test things. They can get mm-hmm. a lot of audience in, but the goal is like, eventually we're all going to be reading content on, on Wattpads. Obviously that's a nice story for them to, to say, mm-hmm. but it, it would be interesting if, um, uh, and I think their, their promise to writers is if you get in now on the ground floor, you're going to be one of these, you know, you know, rich mm-hmm. people one day, but, it's a risk. I don't think I would. I think you're what you're doing makes more sense. Um, they're also like huge in the Philippines. Wattpad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, weird how these geographic like, pockets pop up. Yeah, uh, and they have a bit of a monetization platform on it as well. Um, but I just wasn't sure if the audience was right. But I don't. I don't know. I I, I should maybe revisit that. Um, but regardless, I was thinking like, okay, shit, this publishing thing is gonna be kind of tricky, but. I'm gonna to have to get that pitch thing in. I'm gonna to have to just. I'm gonna write a bunch of people and see. I'm gonna do both approaches. Um, so we'll talk to people who have published books, ask them um, if they can connect me, or otherwise just hit up a bunch of randos. Um, do both really. Um, or if that doesn't pan out, the self-publishing route actually is not a terrible route because I have another friend. Um, a co-worker, he and his wife published a series of books. Actually, his wife published a series of books, uh, Gale the Trail, and um, it's all around gardening and gardening-themed things. But I was just talking to him about, like, what is, uh, what, 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 what do you think? Should Is it worth publishing or is it worth um, going the self-publishing route? And he is actually a big fan of the self-publishing route. Hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. Like he was saying, what's what's nice about going self publishing is like he he thinks the money is actually better in self publishing. Um, if you did like a Kickstarter, like they they did a Kickstarter for their last um, project, um, and they raised like I don't know thirty forty thousand dollars or something. Um, but I know for like book advances, you might only get like five thousand dollars or something, and then you're gonna take a royalty for every book sold after that. Um, but I don't even know if you're going to make 30, 40,000, like, uh, even doing this right now, I'm like, best case, 
I don't know, maybe maybe I'll make twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, you know? but I think I think for you it's the I think there's a lot to be said about what it would just do to your your brand, right? I think that's got to be one of the big reasons why you, you want to write it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I also don't want to do it for that reason. And I got to yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. That, but yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, but anyways, so that's ticking along. I'm gonna keep writing. I'm gonna keep exploring. Hopefully next time we chat, I'm going to have to reach out to at least one person and let's see if he or she responds to me. Awesome. Uh, how about you, man? I had four orders. Oh. Yeah, four orders. Okay. And yeah, pretty pretty good. I The two things I had on my list to try to get done for Able Cells did not happen this week. They got pushed because mm-hmm. we are under a pretty, pretty, pretty big crunch at Hubbard right now so that's sort of been occupying most of my brain space and yeah so I, I'm not even going to set a goal for next week because I know already that I'm going to have to break I'm going to have to break it so I've got that these AdWords running that is just driving traffic and um, yeah that's that's it I'm just going to keep uh, keep pushing on that I've got to figure out uh, shipping it's um it just ha- just so happens that one of the products that I have just doesn't fit nicely into Canada Post's box. So mm-hmm. I have to move into like a bigger box. So I wanted to try to see if I could go to like, I don't know, I don't know if it'd be like Michael's or like, I don't know what store I'd be able to buy or maybe Staples or something. I, I was just trying to find some box that I could, um, that I could fit these things in because there's definitely a pattern. People tend to order a couple of things together at least that's been the that's been the pattern so mm-hmm. um breaking it into two shipments obviously really uh you know affects my my and uh, yeah and i don't know if i'm doing this right I, I know i'm i think i'm doing the right thing from a customer perspective but mm-hmm. so a lot of times i'll get an order for two things but i won't have like i didn't have one of the things i only had uh, half of the order but i'll still ship whatever I have that day. And then the next time I get it in, I'll ship that. So I end up paying double the shipping for that person, but at least they get something quickly. So yeah, my hope is that that makes them feel good. And when I, I think I've decided when I hit 20 people, I want to do or maybe even 30 or 40. I want to do kind of like a review marketing campaign where I can get people to, you know, provide a testimonial for the, for the website. Cause I'm I'm generating a ton of traffic that's just not converting. So there's something wrong with my like the site. There's something not happening there because mm-hmm. and and truthfully I've never run an e-commerce shop like this before, so that could just be normal e-commerce metrics that mm-hmm. um I need to just get comfortable with, but yeah, so things are uh things are trucking along and I'm uh I just looking at the the time here. I've got a couple of things I need to finish up here for for the old hubba before I go to bed. So I think I'm going to ask to button it up, uh, uh, button it up right after this, but I'm really excited. So thank you to Olivia who taught me all about audio engineering at lunchtime today. And if you're listening to this, hopefully it's sounding a lot better than it has the past few weeks because I now know how to, you know, mix levels and uh, apply EQ filters and, 
render them into one track, all these cool buzzwords that I'm learning about. So, oh, and hey, speaking of this, my last point here is speaking of like paying for apps. So you know that I'm an outlier where she showed me a perfectly fine free open source tool that I will use tonight for this. But Apple has one that's $379. And I'm like, I probably need that one. That's probably the one I need. And I'm I'm like reading the like the specs and it's like supports like 38 channel tracks. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I probably need this. So I'm a sucker for very expensive, nice looking apps. Um, I have not paid $300, but, and I hope I don't, because that would mean I'm very weak, but I'm, I'm definitely an outlier when it comes to uh, paying for apps. I will always pay for a nice looking app. Oh man, dude. Um, have, have you been spreading the, the podcast to people? Cause I haven't at all. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I've been showing some people here and there. I would say like all my university friends that I trust, I've said, I've shared it with them. Okay. Uh, I've shared it with a couple people at work, which was a little scary because nobody knows that I even have able cells and nobody also knows that I have a podcast. Yeah. Um, and the feedback's been very good, truthfully. So that's sort of given me the, the confidence to kind of start spreading it a little wider. Mm-hmm. Have, so you haven't been spreading it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I I should. I just mean uh, it's just weird. I I I don't know. It's I feel like I'm too much of a noob, and I I want to almost polish it more and more and more before I send it out to people. But I, I kind of think the approach you're doing is probably the right approach. Well, and believe me, I'm only passing it to people whose opinions I do care about. I'm not trying to be like nobody that I've shared it with is for egoic vain reasons where I want to show off and show them that. I talk to my friend for an hour a week and press a button and upload it. And magically now I'm a podcaster, mm-hmm. but I really do. Uh, I mean, today, today's is an interesting episode. We, we didn't talk about anything we had talked about actually talking about. And I feel like we could do an entire show now about the rock. So, um, I mean, but, but, but again, like this really, this felt like a Nick and Kent conversation. This is exactly what you would have heard if you were listening to us walking from Fahrenheit to um, what's that place we meet at for lunch? What's that one with the uh, salad box salad box? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, this, so this to me felt really good. Actually, this was a great, I love this episode already and I haven't even heard it back yet. So, um, yeah. but uh, Oh, well, no, it's fine. We, we can talk about it offline, but um yeah, we'll talk about it next week. I want to get into okay. it now because I really, I really do have to. Uh, I really do have to go. So we should, we should probably button this up. All right, man. Have All right, a good dude. Night, All right. Have a good, uh, have a good week. We'll, uh, right. we'll see you soon. Cool. See ya. Bye. Bye.